The legislature's in full swing, and we're going to start talking to lawmakers. First up, Representative Crystal Quaid from Missouri here on Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things politics and policy in Missouri and beyond. My name is James Owen. I'm the executive director of Renew Missouri. With me as always is our policy advisor and producer on the boards, Matt Patterson. Matt Patterson, good morning. Good morning. Do I get paid extra for that new title? No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, then. You know, save it for your evaluation. I'll put my resume. Okay. <laughs> we are, this is a big deal for us. We've been doing this since the summer, and we are, we have often done this um, uh, away from the Renew Missouri studios. We are in the Missouri State Capitol building, and we are in the uh, office of Minority Floor Leader, Representative Crystal Quaid. Crystal, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, I'm great. I have to say thank you for being our first elected. Well, I guess you're not. Well, you are our first elected official. We interviewed Scott Roop, who has been an elected official. He was a state rep and state senator, uh, but he's a public service commissioner now. But you are our first sitting elected official. That makes me feel really important. Well, speaking of what you can put on your resume. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, we usually have a slant on energy policy, utility rate making. We're going to do something a little different. I mean, we're going to touch on some of that. But really, we want to talk to uh, Representative Quaid about what she's interested in as far as policy goes and like what it's like to actually do this job. Because I think there's a lot of people, Representative, who know their state rep, they get involved with the elections maybe, but they don't really even know, like, you know, what is it that you do? Now, you are, you're just elected by your fellow Democrats to be minority floor leader. Yes. What does that mean? As a good, as a start. <laughs> as a start. Yeah. Well, the minority floor leader um, is essentially captain of the Democratic caucus. Okay. Um, I have the authority to appoint the Democrats to the committees that they're on. Um, and then I'm also in, in charge of the floor strategy during debate. Okay. So that, uh, so you're, you're largely kind of logistics and strategy. Yes. So you do you like actually have to like whip votes? I mean, that's a I phrase. I do not. We have um, there are several folks in the leadership uh, of the caucus, and we do have a minority whip in Representative Brandon Ellington. Oh, yeah. So there are seven of us in the leadership team. Um, yes. And so uh, there's various roles for all of us. He's from Kansas City. He is. And you're from Springfield. I am. Which is how me and Mr. Patterson got to know you first. You are also, in addition to the minority floor leader, you're the state representative for the one. 32nd. Yes, only Democrat south of Columbia in the whole house. Is that right? It is. Wasn't there somebody from Potosi last year, or did he get termed out? Wasn't there somebody from like... Yeah, he got termed he out. He got termed out. Okay. Well, there used to be Democrats over there, but I guess not anymore in the southern, central, southeast part of the state. So, yeah, okay, so there are... So you are in, I guess, really central and north Springfield. Yes. Is that a safe way to describe yes. your district? Okay, and I know there's some people listening to this nationally... You know, believe it or not, some people outside of Missouri <laughs> listen to this, outside of our relatives strike that. I don't think any of my relatives listen to this. But um, you represent, like, Missouri State campus. You represent downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, you represent kind of where city utilities and, like, kind of the courthouse complex and all that. Commercial Street. Yes. And you represent the cool parts of I do. I was going to say, I have <laughs> the Cardinals Minor League Stadium. Yeah. I have our community college in Ozarks Tech. Yeah. Um, I also have two private universities in the Drury district. Drury and Evangel. Uh, Drury and Evangel. Yes. And 
Uh, so yeah, so all the really fun, uh, yeah. unique things about Springfield are in my district. The part of Springfield I miss is what you represent. And I, and I believe we're we're trying to do a count. There's a challenge right now. I believe I have the most craft breweries in any district. Oh, because well. I was gonna say there's one in the 135th. Yes, I think. Yes. Uh, but you, yeah, you've got Mothers, you've got White River, you've got is the Tower, like the Lost mm -hmm. Signal lost in signal, yours. Springfield Brewing Company. Boy, we are going yeah. really local here. <laughs> and uh, there's a new one that's getting ready to be opened by two women oh. um, in the district, too, which is really What's exciting. it called? I don't know. Well, <laughs> don't say it because they're not giving us money. Um, we should talk to them. Oh, it's Springfield Brew Company. Yes. It's also in your district. It is. Wow, you do have the coolest district. Oh, hi. We are joined by, uh, we, have a, we have an Instagram journalist following us. Uh, yeah, Laurel. And Anderson? Yeah, okay. We'll just have a seat. We're, we're taping. We're not going to edit this out because we're not professional. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, we got we went super local on this, uh, on your Springfield district. Yes. You've been, you were elected in 2016. Uh -huh. uh, so, this is your second term. Uh, and, you know, for people who don't know, we have term limits in Missouri. So, you only get to serve four terms. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's not a long time to be in Jefferson City. I mean, how do you, I mean, so when you look at like what you're doing, and I mean, you're, you're representing, you know, you're representing strategy and policy for minority party here. You're representing this district. How do you start prioritizing things knowing that at most you've got eight years up here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's not always easy to be honest with you. Um, we have to do two things at the same time. I need to think about, uh, well, more than two actually. So my district and their priorities, what they sent me here to do. Yeah. Um, I also, being the minority floor leader, represent the Democratic caucus, so yeah. I have to look at the state party platform, the priorities of the party. Um, but then we, it's also really important to be looking at the Republican priorities as right. well. Um, there, a lot of the work that we get done in the minority is by um, working with the majority party to find places that we can tag our language onto, mm -hmm. places that we can work together. Um, oftentimes we will give our actual bills to Republicans to get them passed. Um, so it's important that we know what they are doing as well um, to find the places that we can work together. Yeah, and I mean, they obviously set the agenda. I mean, you're talking about, what do you have, 46, 47 We're Democrats? 47, yeah. Out of 163 state reps. Mm -hmm. It's a small amount. Very small. Uh, but, I mean, you know, but you still have impact. You still have the ability to work uh, on these things. I mean, so, like, I guess if you were to say, what, if you're comfortable with saying it, I mean, what do you see that they're looking at right now that concerns you the most? <laughs> the most. That's yeah. a hard question. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on right now that concerns us. Um, honestly, the, the budget is concerning. Yeah. Um, there's been conversation last week about new bonding, um, and which is essentially a, a credit card for the state yeah. or a balanced budget state. Um, so the budget is always a huge priority for us. Um, we are having lots of cuts for things that the Democrats care about yeah. in home nursing programs, prescription drug coverage, um, right. transportation for public schools. There are a lot of things that worry us along the lines of the budget. Um, but also this year, um, there, we are hearing there's going to be a lot against uh, the recent ballot initiatives that folks passed. So um, in November, we the Missouri citizens passed Clean Missouri Amendment 1, right. which was a transparency and accountability um, amendment for the legislature, and uh, among many other things. And we were already, as soon as last week, the very first debate on the floor, we are seeing the Republicans undo uh, what the Missourians asked for with transparency right. in our emails. Um I've been t been told that that's not the last we're going to see of the undoing right. of clean. Um, so that's a, a big concern of ours, making sure that the will of the people is upheld. Yeah, well, and I want to unpack some of that. I mean, when you talk about the budget, 
a lot of people wonder why we don't see more issue-oriented things going on in the state legislature. But the reality is your budget, this is a $28 billion document. You're talking about running a huge organization that's all through the state. I mean, almost, I mean, every county has some sort of state office there. And so, you know, a lot of your work has to focus on what is a priority in that. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that because that is such a crucial thing, about, especially about what your philosophy is what your ideology is, and you can say a lot about what this state is going to do through that budget. Definitely. Safe to say? I, I like to call the budget a moral document. A lot of us do. Um, because ev truly what we decide to do with the budget says what we believe in as a state and what we yeah, care about. Our priorities. Um, definitely. And, you know, there when to your point of a lot of folks don't really, they get confused about what policies we're doing versus the budget. There is so much that can be done within the budget alone. Oh, yeah. Um, simply moving uh, Missouri to manage care happened. <laughs> In the budget, which yeah. is not a bill that was that or a standalone bill, so you can create programs in the budget. We can cut things. We can say we don't care about this anymore yeah. just by not funding it. Um, so the budget is a very important committee, and honestly, we spend a whole lot of time focusing on that. Yeah, and then you also talked about clean Missouri. That's something we have talked about in a previous podcast. I mean, it, it is uh, to kind of get to Representative Quaid's point about what happened last week. There is a provision in clean Missouri which. Let me add a caveat. My wife worked for the law firm who drafted that language. So just so if you think I'm trying to be unfair without being fully transparent myself, there you go. So um, they basically said, I mean, for a long time, lawmakers, legislators had been uh, exempt from Missouri Sunshine Law, while all other public officials have to release certain information. I mean, there are exceptions to it. Are there exemptions? Of course. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I think some of the arguments that you start hearing from people who are against clean Missouri, because... The, I guess I would say the political class in this town doesn't like it <laughs> uh, because it takes power away from them. And one of the things they don't like is the fact that they could have, uh, you know, their emails read. And so they've been trying to limit that. Now, <clears throat> my understanding of Clean Missouri was the same restrictions and limitations that you have on the Sunshine Law, personally identifiable information, that stuff is never going to be Correct. able to be released to the public. They kept saying, like, what if my... You know, my constituents are sending me their social security number. I'm like, one, why are they sending you your social security number anyway? But two, you wouldn't have to release right. that. I mean, right. but I mean, of course, that's not the point. Right. And for the Democratic caucus, we have actually um, taken a caucus position that we are subject to sunshine because we we agree based on the, the previous law that we were. Um, so yeah. we, we didn't believe that the legislature was exempt. So we have always operated under that. And so when um, you know our members have been sunshined, we've complied. Okay. So for us, nothing has changed right. since Amendment 1. Um, but to your point, they are, you can redact that information for personal identifying yeah. things. You know, constituents do reach out to us for assistance with Medicaid sure. or other state agencies. Um, I don't know that I've ever received a, a social. We actually call them and talk to them on the phone um, <laughs> when it's personal information. Here's my credit card number right. two while you're at representative. But, but to that point, you know, um, we completely disagree with the Republican opinion that um, Clean Missouri makes it dangerous for our constituents. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, last week in the rules debate where we debate on the new rules for the next session, um, the, essentially the, the rule now says that um, we have to violate the U.S. Con or the Missouri Constitution. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's a thing I think is also lost in this. Okay, clean Missouri, Amendment 1 was an amendment to the state constitution. A state statute can't be contrary to the right. state constitution. So then, I mean, this is just going to open the door for litigation. Right. More money. Or, yeah, good for lawyers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not so good for everybody else. 
So now that we've kind of talked about like your concerns from the majority side, I mean, when you look at what your, your, your status is and what your priority is, especially in a leadership position for the Democrats, what are you, what are you looking at? What's your, what's your goal? What's in, what's in your mind on that? Yeah, well, um, one place that we are really excited the Republicans are talking about is criminal justice reform. Yeah. So the Democrats have been uh, working on this issue for decades now. Right. Um, and so we're very excited that not only at the state level, but at the national level, this is becoming a topic of conversation for both sides of the aisle. So, um, and Governor Parson just last week talked about um, some reforms in his yeah. state of the state. Closing a prison. Yeah, actually closing a prison. And so we are really excited about um, where we can work together right. uh, with the Republicans on that. Um, a lot of my members have bills filed. They've found Republicans to, to counter that, or be their counterparts. Um, so I think that we're going to get some progress there. Yeah. Very excited about that. Yeah, well, it is interesting because you see, you know, that's always been kind of a Democratic topic. You see a lot of lawmakers from Kansas City and St. Louis who have seen a lot of their, you know, of their constituents in prison. Um, you know, there's been somewhat of an industry made out of imprisonment. But then it's also interesting to see on the libertarian side some of the same reactions to that. Like I, I know someone, Jeremy Cady, who works for the uh, Americans for Prosperity here in Jeff City, the Koch Brothers group, uh, who we agree with on certain things too about utility companies, that sort of thing. But they're also really big on prison reform. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you can look at a lot of conservatives and say, well, I don't like what they do or anything else. But I think what's really important here, I think what you touch on with this is there are areas where you can work together. I mean, I think that some people kind of throw up their hands and say, well, there's nothing we can do. We can't work with each other. You know, this is like cats and dogs. But that's not, I mean, but there are opportunities. There are. There, there definitely are. Um, I often tell folks who don't spend time in Jefferson City that, you know, 75% of the time, roughly, you yeah. know, we're, we're voting together on issues. Yeah. Um, you know, there's bills as simple as naming a highway after someone <laughs> yeah. um, to, yeah. to uh, you know, the very controversial stuff. Um, but we really don't see a lot of that controversy really towards the end of session, yeah. usually. Um, but there is a lot that we get to do together. And, and I'm very hopeful that criminal justice reform is one of those. Yeah, that looks promising. It does, it does. And again, another thing that can be dealt with in the budget, when you look at what the Department of Corrections get, what facilities get things, that's something you can do through the budget. It definitely is. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm hopeful that there's also some statute changes that we're wanting to do. Um, there's a special committee on criminal justice reform that the speaker's created for this session. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we're, we're excited to see what bills make it through there yeah. as well. And, you know, and you know, I've known you for a long time. I've always thought you have enormous promise. I think when you got elected, one of the things I really have admired about you the most is you're one of the few leaders in the Springfield area. I mean, like I've already said, me and Matthew are from the Springfield area. Originally, I lived there for about 10 years after I got out of law school. Nobody down there talks about poverty in Springfield. They almost want to act like it doesn't exist. If, do if they don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> And yet they keep bringing in all these $10 an hour jobs and keep saying that's economic progress. But you, I feel like you have actually tried to look at issues that are important to that area. You you represent all these cool parts of the city, but you also represent some very low income, yeah. uh, struggling parts of that town. North Springfield is generally considered relatively poor. And so, I mean, you know, not, not just from the fact that you're the only Democratic state rep from south of I-70 in Missouri... I mean, do you find that is a struggle to try to get some of your fellow lawmakers from Springfield? Because we got like what five others that could, uh, touch Springfield somehow or another, mm -hmm. including the Speaker of the House, yes. Elijah Har, yeah. who I just put in a request before this meeting to do a podcast with him. So, <laughs> Speaker, if you're listening, I hope you take that seriously. Um, 
But I mean, so you get to I mean, so which is rare that Springfield gets two leaders, especially in two parties. Um, I mean, do you find that is something they want to talk about, they want to address, or they, I mean, is it something that they don't even bring up with you? No, um, I think it's a, it's a combination of those things. So you're right. Folks often don't want to talk about poverty because yeah. it, especially from an economic development standpoint, it can tarnish a city's reputation sure. and, and it makes, may make it, folks have a, a false belief. I believe, I think that if you talk about poverty and make it a highlight, um, when you're trying to solve it, then maybe businesses won't want to come into that community mm. because they're worried. Right. Um, that's I don't, fair. It's it's a fair concern, but I don't believe it to be true. Yeah. Um, because poverty is everywhere and it's growing. Um, and we're looking at the state of Missouri has very low unemployment numbers, but our poverty rate is still growing. Oh, and yeah. um, so we can't continue to ignore it. And so to your question, um, I don't know that my colleagues don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks um, may not understand it from a level that I would like everyone to. You know, if you don't. If you didn't grow up in poverty, if you don't live in poverty, or work very closely with those folks every single day, yeah. it's really hard to understand who they are and yeah. what their barriers are. Yeah. You know, people have a misconceived idea that folks who are living in, in on safety programs, um, safety net programs, don't want to work. That they, yeah. you know, are the lazy welfare or queen, right? Model. When in yeah. reality, you know, I'm looking at people in my district who work three, sometimes four yeah. jobs and walk to work every day. Yeah. Um, and those people want to work. They, yeah. There's no, <laughs> yeah. Folks are not excited to be on food stamps. They do it because they need to survive yeah. and feed their families. Um, and so, really, what I've been trying to do since I've got here, and, and even before as an elected official, is just welcome the conversation right. and try to expose folks to a world that they may not understand. Yeah. Um, and there are legislators who, who come from backgrounds similar to mine um, who get it, um, but you know, by and large, it's something that folks just don't want to talk about. Right. The reality is, is that we have to. If we're looking at our state budget and where our dollars are going, the Medicaid population is continuing to grow. Isn't it a third of the budget? It is. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we're, we're, we have to address these concerns. Also, so many of the other issues that we care about, like criminal justice reform, are intertwined with poverty. Right. Um, and so without that discussion, it's going to continue to spiral. So I don't want to say folks don't want to talk about it. The more that I have been bringing it up and you know, having hearings on bills, bringing folks to come and testify, telling their personal stories, yeah. um, a lot of my colleagues are willing to have that conversation. I've had colleagues come down to Springfield and tour some really great nonprofits of, yeah. of ours that, that are working to address uh, folks in poverty and really get them out of that cycle. So people are interested. They're, yeah. I mean, they're not telling me not to have the conversation, <laughs> but, yeah. means, but, but it is going to be a long haul. And um, a lot of these issues that we're talking about are not as simple as just giving someone a pay raise. Right? Right. We've got to look at all the things connected from daycare costs to uh, transportation needs to mm. health care. Right. All of that stuff is... Energy costs. Energy costs, yes. I'm going to try this into Renew Missouri at some is. point. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's a huge problem. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately, in, in my area, we have a, a municipally owned utility. and so City utilities. City utilities. And while a lot of my folks think that sometimes their bills are too high, if you compare that to the rest of the state, cheaper. Ha having a municipally owned utility is really beneficial for us. Mm -hmm. um, but utility needs are a huge problem. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're talking talking about folks who have to move around a lot and yeah. they've got to pay deposits and you know we have folks leave their residences simply because they can't pay their utility bill. Uh, there is a study out there that shows behind domestic violence utility bills is the number two cause of mortgage uh, foreclosures, wow. mortgage failure. 
And yeah, I mean, and like one of the things that we work on and one of the things that Renew Missouri is trying to focus on, we do a lot with energy efficiency. And so I always say the best kind of renewable energy is energy you don't use. And so that is something that is really feasible with low income, especially multifamily uh, advocates around the country. We have been working with city utilities on trying to get them to do some ways to make improvements that are affordable and not going to be a burden. Because right now, um, and you may not know this, I think we, we sent this out on some things, but the out-of-state energy burden, which is to say the budget, uh, the part of the budget that goes to utility bills in Missouri is uh, 2% higher than it is in the cities, uh, 33% versus 31%. That's actually higher than anywhere else in the Midwest. So it is a problem, and it's a problem in Springfield, and it's a problem in areas outside of Springfield, but that's where I'm from where there is a lot of poverty in rural areas, which also is something <laughs> nobody really even can start to address because right. you're not only dealing with poor people, but you're dealing with people who don't have a lot of infrastructure, mm -hmm. don't have transportation. So it's a it's a challenge. And I, I know one thing that I've seen that kind of addresses that, I know LIHEAP is a big hot topic. The former governor, Eric Brighton's just cut the LIHEAP program kind of the commission. There's reform that's being discussed on that. I know that's been introduced in the Senate. I don't know if that's been introduced in the House. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I know it's going to like cap uh, Missouri uh, LIHEAP participation at fifty percent. Uh, we're watching that very closely. Um, you know, to me, you know, I think that stuff. No, it's not LIHEAP. It's LIHEAP. LIHEAP yeah. Li is the heating stuff. LIHEAP is the tax credit. The tax credit. Sorry, LIHEAP is what we worry about. That's like when you get like uh, assistance with your electricity bill, which we think is good, but we also see value in adding money to weatherization, which is actually fixing those things. That's all federal money that gets administered by the state, so not anything Representative Quaid can actually do much about, so don't write her about it. But, um, but LIHEAP, we can. LIHEAP, you can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, Senator Hageman, who just got named as the chair of the Appropriations Committee, that's his bill, so I imagine there will be... Yeah. I'll focus on it. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, when former Governor Greitens completely gutted that program, yeah. um, a lot of folks were upset. Yeah. Uh, and that was not necessarily a partisan frustration. Um, people, oh, you know, yeah. uh, folks on both sides. Are you sides telling me Republicans didn't like you Governor know, Greitens either? Um, no, well, I'm not talking about him personally. Like, uh, we can <laughs> move that to the side. Okay. Because uh, the particular cutting of LIHEAP was a big deal. And, yes. And it, and it hurt all communities you know it wasn't just rural or urban it, it right. affected everyone yeah um and so yeah i think we're going to see support um to reinstate as much of that as we can well governor parson supports it yeah I, mean, I think he wants to see changes to it um, yeah and i think both sides of the aisle are open to yeah. changes and you know bringing some more structure to it making sure that the money's going where it needs to go um but the program is so vital yeah, I mean, I, I know people say like all these developers are making all this money, but you got to give them incentives to do something. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, in Springfield, we have some LIHEAP programs that are just doing amazing things yeah. and, and partnering with our nonprofits um, to bring resources right into yeah. the housing development. Um, and we're, it's just another avenue to address the the poverty needs and yeah. to get folks out of that situation. We we have started getting into the habit of we have national groups we work with that we represent at the Public Service Commission to get more robust low income funding for energy efficiency programs, and it's working, and it does work, and it does help people. And I mean, so when you talk about energy being like solar and wind and everything else, we also have to do that nitty gritty stuff too, which is hard to talk about. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about that poverty is hard to talk about, it but it's something that's crucial. Uh, so I just hijacked that last part of this podcast, but I need to make sure that we got that stuff in because, you know, it's, your job. it's my job. Yeah. That's right. Um, so we're here today. It's like right after Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The session doesn't start till later, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, when you're up here on days like this, what do you do? Like, you just like catch up with stuff? 
Yeah, well, every day is very different in Jefferson City. Uh, there's no normal. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, really, I'm just trying to find time to eat. Um, but on <laughs> the first day of the week session doesn't start till 4. Um, yeah. And so I get in early to, to catch up, to um, do things with my members. We the Do favors for your lame friends <laughs> in the podcast. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, Mondays we actually um, are starting to... Today is a Tuesday, but right. it acts as a Monday. Uh, we are starting to do 1.30 press conferences every week to talk oh, about okay. what the Democrats are doing. Yeah. Uh, we spend a lot of time in the minority party discussing what we don't like about the majority and what's happening here. Um, but So we're, we'll continue to do that, but right. we're also going to um, be highlighting the things that we are working on, right. uh, that the Democrats are fighting for every single day that we're here. And so, for instance, today we're having a press conference at 1.30 to talk about K-12 education. Oh, yeah, okay. um, and so Mondays will be uh, a focus on that, and then we have uh, leadership meetings, caucus meetings to discuss strategy, um, and then we have session. Committees will start meeting next week, um, some this oh, okay. week. Um, yeah. And so we have some committees that, that start on Mondays around 2 o'clock as well. Okay, so you got a lot on your plate. Yeah. I'm in awe of you, honestly. You, I mean, I've known you for like, what, 10 years now? Nine, 10, 11 years? I don't know why I'm looking at Patterson like he knows. <laughs> I, I've known you for a long time. I've known you since you, I think you were in college. Yeah, like, I've yeah. just been so... I've been out of college longer than 10 years. So. Maybe, maybe I thought you were in college. You're very youthful. But I don't know, like some people say that's a bad thing, but like you just have this enthusiasm, this, you know, energy. I drink a lot of coffee. You drink a lot of coffee? Okay, that helps. And... You, I don't know if people know this, but you're like a roller derby I used to fanatic. Be, I used to skate uh, and play roller derby. Used yeah. to? I used to play for the uh, Springfield Roller Derby. Yeah, team. because yes. you know, me and your husband, when you're getting sworn in and doing all this formal stuff, found some roller skates under your desk. I do keep roller skates in my office, yes. It, do you, do you use them around the Capitol? Do you go around the hallways? Do you do that stuff? Um, I <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet. Okay. Um, I keep them here. Uh, one, uh, To be very honest with you, I am just waiting for the opportunity yeah. that no one's here that I can skate around. Um, Please Facebook Live it's this. Such a, this. It would be so great. Um, <laughs> but it is also uh, kind of a reminder of who I am and yeah. not to get lost in this place. Um, my old office had a lot of protest signs and, and things that, mm -hmm. that came from the district. Um, since I've moved upstairs, my assistant is not letting me hang that stuff yeah. up. She says you have to be a little bit more formal, um, which is fine. It's a nice but, office. I dig this office. Honestly, um, keeping them here is just kind of, it reminds me of where I came from yeah. and that, you know, not to get sucked up yeah. in all of this. You're like from Fordland originally, right? I grew up in Fordland yeah. went to Rogersville schools. Yeah, you're a Webster County girl. Webster County. Yeah, I always too. forget that. I, like, we both come from the same county. Yeah, so. yeah. They make, them, roads and all. they make them tough and scrappy. We're scrappy. <laughs> We're fighters. We're survivors. Yeah. Uh, Crystal, thank you. Yes, this is great. You. I know you've got a lot going on. I promise we'd keep this short. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold of you because they got something they want to ask you about, how's the best way to do that? Um, email always, which is crystal.quade, Q-U-A-D-E, yeah. house.mo.gov, call the office. I'm on every social media platform yes, you are. imaginable. I have lots of college kids in my district, yeah. so um, you can find me on any social media um, and yeah. reach out to me there as well. You're like absolutely one of my favorite people, oh, so I'm glad you. you did this. And I'm glad you all listened today to Renew Gurus. Remember, we are, um, we are on Stitcher and iTunes, so we'd like for you to subscribe to that. We'd also like you to write reviews. That helps our numbers. If you like this, post it on social media. If you want to like have ideas for new topics, let us know. We are going to be spending some time with some other lawmakers this session, so we hope you enjoy that. It's not necessarily on topic, but I do think you'll find it interesting. And until we see you next time, Seacrest out.